recording that. <laughs> this meeting is being recorded. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Amanda Gates. I have the amazing, brilliant, lovely, gorgeous Sharita Star with us today. Um, and what we are going to talk about is my new book, Feng Shui for the Soul, How to Achieve More Om from Your Home. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Amanda, I'm so sick of hearing about your book. I don't want to hear an, an hour show about your book. But today, what we are going to do is something really, really cool. I want to um, talk about the book in a way that helps you to understand how I not only live my life with purpose, but people constantly, constantly ask me, uh, either after hearing the show or reading a blog or reading my newsletter, like, Amanda, do you really live this way? Do you really put this stuff into practice? Do you really do this? Um, and today is a brilliant example. And this is just a slice, just a sliver of what I do in all areas of my life. But you're going to see how um, something that is uh, comes to fruition through intention. I live my life very intentionally and I put a lot of purpose behind what I do. Um, and Sharita is always a huge part of anything, anything that I launch out into the world. She is always the first person that I go to, to make sure, um, that the chi is aligned and everything is aligned, um, in a very, very specific way. And I talk constantly about chi cultivation, um, and, and cultivation, literally that word means, um, it's not about instant gratification. It's not about instant results. It's literally, we are cultivating and marinating over time to create something of beauty, to create something of purpose and to create something that, um, lasts, you know, I see all this bullshit all the time about write a book in 60 days, you know, create a course in 90 days. And it's like, that's not the point. We're not here to rush and push and, and, you know, get this stuff out for the sake of getting it out. It's about really um, honoring the journey and the process of it more so than the end result. While the end result is amazing, but, you know, it, it's about the unfoldment that is most important. So, What's really important to note about this is that this book really started to take shape in 2016. We're talking seven and a half years ago that this started to take shape. And the book was actually called Detoxing Clutter with Feng Shui. And I immediately got on the phone with Sharita and the, the book was actually named something a little bit different. Um, I think it was called feng shui detox is what it was. And Sharita was like, no, 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 no. This needs to be called detoxing with feng shui. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it had to be called that because of the, the numerology and the alignment of chi. I don't question it. I don't fight her on it. I just say, okay, that's what we do. So I wrote the book and I finished it, felt very proud of it. And I handed it off. Many of you know, Deborah, uh, many of you have worked with her in my practice um, I handed it off to Deborah, and a week later, she comes back and says, hell no, needs more cowbell. So for those of you that don't know, in the spring of 2000, Saturday Night Live did this brilliant skit with <laughs> Will Farrow, Jimmy Fallon, Christopher Walken, and a couple of other uh, castmates. 
And it was a skit uh, where they were singing Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Here Comes the Reaper. And Will Ferrell uh, has his belly hanging out and he's, he's banging on a cowbell. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and Christopher Walken keeps coming in. It's like, a, I think it's supposed to be portraying VH1 behind the music. And so it's like, you know, what happened to Blue Oyster Coat and what, what are they doing now? And so Christopher Walken is supposed to be the, the producer of the show or the, this music uh, video. And he keeps coming out and goes, no, 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 dude. It's got to have more cowbell. So if you haven't seen it, rewind, go back, look it up on YouTube. I actually just shared it with my mom and she's still laughing because she thought it was so funny and she'd never heard of it. So Deborah tells me it needs more cowbell. And then I go to my feng shui teacher and she hates it. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> she hates it. So rather than reworking it, I completely scrapped the whole project. I just threw it away. Like, okay, we're just going to start over. Now, I'm not going to get into the details because this is not my expertise. But in 2016, I was in my seven year. And so Sharita will explain this more, but a seven years about reflection, uh, research, data, uh, going inward, that sort of thing. No? Okay, she's telling me no. Was it the year before? Uh, you know, hold on, because I'm, 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 I'm like sitting there going, I didn't think so. That'll be, where are you here? On my little quick, hold on, gotta find you. 2016. You, you, Oh, pardon me. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. 15 into 16. You went into your eight year in, in um, November that year. Yes. So yes. So From I started off with all of 15 into 16 throughout 16. Yeah. You were cultivating your seven year. Yeah. Cultivating, which is when I had yes, started correct. the book. So I had done it, but then in 2018 and or in 2017 and 2018, my life started to get really chaotic. And, and that's when my relationship was falling apart. And I, I call right. that kind of my dark night of the soul. Um, and I was going into my nine year, which is all about endings. And so all mm, of that kind of the pivotal, the pivotal tool. Yeah. Pivotal like ships. Yeah. all of that went away. The book went away, threw it away. You know, it was just like, okay. So then all of that happens and I move into my new place. And in 2019, which I believe is when I was either coming into my one year or already in my one year. Um, and she's going to go into more detail about this because I am not an expert about this. I just do what she tells me to do. But <laughs> <laughs> nine is about ending. And one is about you're starting your, your new uh, series, your, your one through nine series. And so that's when I really started uh, formulating and coming up with this idea of, okay, I'm getting some serious inspiration here. Like I I've got it. I know what I'm going to write now. And I literally sat down in January of 2019 and I just started out banging out chapters. So in a meditation, I received the name of the book, Feng Shui for the Soul. And I also received the, the picture of the cover. And so everything that you see in that book, as far as the cover, the name, 
the spine, all of it, all of it was divinely gifted to me. Like I didn't, I didn't come up with any of that. That's all spirit. <laughs> I take credit for none of that. Um, and FYI, there's already another book out there with this name. It was written 22 years ago by Denise Lynn. And um, I immediately called my trademark attorney, my copyright attorney. And I was like, am I even allowed to do this? And she's like, honey, you need to trust spirit. You're fine. <laughs> Which I love. I love that my attorney is uh, very much into the spiritual stuff. But once again, 2019, I immediately call Sharita and I'm like, okay, spirit gives me this name. You know, is this going to work? Um, is this a good name? She okays it. And, but she says to me, FYI, this ain't coming out for a while. And I was like, no, don't tell me this. So in 2019, I'm thinking, okay, maybe it'll be like a year or two. Well, here we are <laughs> three years later. And what the reason I wanted to do this show is because everybody always asks me if I truly do this stuff, if I truly live intentionally. And I, I take this so seriously and chi cultivation is so important to me that I literally do not miss a step without Sharita being a part, a huge part of the name of the things that I release, um, the release date. Everybody has been asking me why June 27th, why June 27th? That was all because Sharita and I worked together on the perfect timing. And it's all about her, her whole thing is, you know, divine timing and, and timing, uh, uh, making sure that the timing is right. I also worked with her on um, the numerology of everything involved with it not to mention the astrology of it. Um, and so this has literally been a manifesto of sorts over the last seven years. And she's been with me every freaking step of the way <laughs> from that first book until now. So yes, I live very intentionally. I take this very, very seriously. And uh, I think the most important thing, which is a huge message in the book is about stop overthinking things, stop rushing things and allowing things to unfold in divine timing. So this book is a perfect example of that. And also a perfect example of her brilliance about how she really honors the chi from her sector of numerology and astrology uh, and how we co cohesively work together with feng shui and chi and astrology and numerology and how beautifully these work together. And I'm certain that this is going to be a bestseller. And I have her to thank for that because she has been with me the entire process. So whoo, that was a bit winded, but welcome to the show, Sharita. Hey, girl, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, because you deserve to have it a little long winded at the moment, you know? Hey, soak it up. Long time coming. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, you know, I get, first of all, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more about, you know, especially with what we're all going into. And, and I believe me, I'm, I'm about to write a, a very wonderful testimonial for, for, for the book. But this book is in the right divine timing because of what people need to start to understand about how we're gonna pick up these pieces and move forward. Uh, that's another reason I think why it's in this 
slower was better the way that it manifested in your cycles and but not only that but the cycles of the collective because especially here in america people need this they need this book they need to understand how to change their value system into something that will actually last a very long time moving forward. You said and that people- in 2019 to me. You said the world is not ready for this book right now. And so, yes, it's a long time coming, but this is going to release. And when you get into your five year, which, hello, Amanda's going into her five year. And she yeah, you'll be doing me, that in November. Yes. You said. Uh-huh that is when the message is going to need to be received because that is the time in the world, the way the astrology was that the book needed to be released. I mean, hello, Sharita completely nailed it. <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. I mean, we got, we got, we're, we're just about to amp up the, the energy of uh, what the healing process is. Um, uh, you know, like the Led Zeppelin song, uh, we haven't had the ultimate communication breakdown yet, but it's, you know, what, what we've just done as a nation and, you know, obviously speaking from American perspective and anybody in the world can enjoy this book and, and, and understand what the chi and, and, and what, how to do this more ohm in your home. You can do that anywhere in the world. But in particular for America right now, I mean, Americans are really going through a cycle and we're not out of the woods with this as, as, as an American culture until 2024. We're in this Pluto return energy and, you know, people can go look up more about that. But w- what this cycle is doing is the first time it's ever happened in America. It's the first time it, it can only happen in an entity like a country because human beings just don't live long enough to naturally have a Pluto return. It is similar in that understanding. If you do know any kind of verse in and or the link, the language of astrology of, of hearing what is a Saturn return that happens when we're 28 to 30 years of age. We have another one about 58 to 60. And if we live to be 90, we'll have one right around that time frame as well. We'll have the third one. And that's about all you'll ever get out of one life as a Saturn return. So the country right now is in a Pluto return. So this is the first time in 244 years, the planet of Pluto is back at the same point it was when the country was born in 1776. And Pluto being your guiding ruling planet of Scorpio, and the, uh, you know, the power of transformation, it is all about death, near, near death. We call it near death, like a near death experience. America is feeling like it's losing its grip a little bit right now. I mean, I mean, honestly, unless you really live under a rock, how, how could you not say that this country is not in, in some serious uh, upset and uproar right now? And it, what is it pertaining to? Our value system as a nation. That's where the Pluto is natally positioned in the country's chart. So the, the Pluto is back there now doing this thing. And, you know, the value system of this country as it, we've been led to believe it should be, is about to crumble like a house of cards. And this book is the perfect segue of how to come to a better rebirth. 
so that we get back to simplistic values. You know, we get back to honoring our homes in a different way than we've been foolishly told how to do it. Um, I, I mean, you have so many. I, I haven't gotten through the entire uh, wonderfulness of it yet, but there's so much goodies in here. And, and the biggest thing is to start slowing down. And what we do with our home and how to look like if you use that expression, you got to love on your home. And, and, and we do, we need to put our, that's one value oriented thing in America. If we did that, the shift in energy collectively for this country would be so different. I'm not talking about going out and buy more stuff. Cause that's what we're going to get a big wake up call right now is where's our stuff. America's about to realize you don't need all your stuff. What you need is energy. <laughs> and even if you don't have electric or gas or whatever it is that you need, you're going to need your energy and you're going to need your chi to keep going as we pull out of this near-death experience and, and enter a rebirth. So this book, it's just the perfect perfect timing for it because people need to pay attention to stuff like this you know well and that's what you said i mean you said it again and again and again that the timing of it would be this year because that's when it would be needed to be received mm. and i in my mind i was thinking well how the f do you know like how do you know that the message i'm going to share me is going to like matter then and it's like you knew yeah. Which, I mean, that's such a dumb question because you've known me for so long. Like at this point, like, <laughs> you know what I'm going to produce. You know how I operate. You've worked with me, you know, with your own home. Um, you've said it yourself that I do feng shui on a level like you, you know, you've never seen before. It, it, it's, it's not what you ever would pick up in a feng shui book otherwise. Any other feng shui book, the, how you approach it is completely 100% different it's similar obviously there's some core you know understanding that that's there but your uh, entire approach to it is is just nothing like 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 you clearly also write in this book it's like hey i'm gonna put uh, a thing in the corner and that's just gonna make everything better i mean okay you know <laughs> no, you got to get the chi right. It's all about that chi, you know? Yeah, nobody, um, I mean, I've been reading books on it for close to 25 years now. And it's always about, the yeah. it's always about where you put your bed or where you put your sofa or, you know, the tchotchke. And it's about the physical, what you can do in the physical world to adjust your feng shui. And that has nothing to do with it. It's about the energy. And more importantly, it's about you, what your energy is bringing to it before you can even get to that point is where are you, yeah. at? where are you coming from? You can't attack this if you're in a shitty depressed state and none yep. of the books are talking about this. Nothing out right. here talks about the energy aspect of, okay, we're not working on the surface of this anymore we're going to the depths, we're going to the bottom of the ocean, and we're going to get to the meat of why your feng shui work is not working. And here's why, but here's mm -hmm. how you fix it. 
Yes. It's all about mindset. It's all about your entire lifestyle about, it's not a matter of, oh, today I'm going to go place this thing in my bedroom and I'm going to find love. No, it's how are you operating on a, on a daily basis? You know, how are you yeah. cooking your food? How, what is like, are you holding on to toxic beha- behaviors and toxic mindsets? You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much more to it than people have been led to believe. And it has been treated like a freaking party trick. It's like, oh yeah, I tried that once. Oh yeah. I did that feng shui stuff once. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And how, and then it gets, and then as we say, it gets poo-pooed and, and, oh, that's just hocus pocus and in BS and, and so on. I mean, it's like people who, I mean, I, my, my, one of my, my catchphrases is never compromise living consciously and, and just living consciously and not compromising that. And it's not to say you, 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 you know, like you also said, you're in the book, you're never going to fix it all at one time. You have to be patient, which is something, our, what, let's face it, our culture is, is out of patience. Our culture doesn't cultivate patience. It doesn't care about patience anymore. It just wants, as you also stated in the beginning, oh, faster's better. Let's write a book in 90 days. Let's make it a rush job. Let, let's throw up a house in a rush job. Let's throw up everything in a rush job now. And what are we getting out of that? Crap. It's just crap that has been the end result of rushing into anything. And I... I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so like in this like zone of what is going on in our country right now. And I just like, I, I, I am so stepping back from it all and just watching. Cause that's what this energy, even in the here and the now really wants is to step back and observe. And we haven't even really started to see what that really is about. There's way more coming of that collective request of, um, but the you thing know. is, is that if you live in this way, I don't give a shit if you call it feng shui, living mindfully, basket weaving, I don't care. <laughs> want. It's, it's about coming back to a place of rooted purpose and yes. aligning with those circadian rhythms of life and reconnecting with our, our wisdom, our ancient knowledge of wisdom. Mm-hmm. We have poo-pooed and, you know, it's like, we're not listening to that. Like, um, in, uh, I can't remember what chapter it is, but it's called Shapeshifter. And I talk about, it's one of the top five disruptors of shape. And I talk yeah. about how the ancients said that, uh, or no, it's in knife edges. I talk about how um, in knife edges, which is a top five disruptor, the ancients used to see sharp shooting chi on the knife edge. And so I get so much ridicule and pushback from people about this concept of a knife edge of, oh, well, how could a wall corner do that? Or how could a point do that? Like that makes no sense because they can't see it. And so what I'm really talking about throughout the whole book is this isn't something that you see. This is something that you feel. You feel, yes. Mutilated by our world of busy and living in beta and this go, go, go lifestyle that we don't Mm -hmm. have thing not to mention nobody's feeling anything and that's why there's so much healing to do because they've ignored what they felt for too long well we've been told to ignore it have a stiff up and we've been told to ignore it because they they, they've given you the next distraction constantly whether it is the latest whatever in the news or the 
what your phone is telling you to do. And like, you know, we're not, you know, I love that they call the things a smartphone. It's not smart at all. I think it's the most unintelligent thing we've ever come up with. I mean, to put the masses together like this. I mean, everybody's got one pretty much. But we're distracted my, by it. Yeah. Ex except for my parents are the only people I know who don't have one. <laughs> But I think that, but that may be handy, you know, I, I, I think some people who have resisted a little bit too much, you know, but it's a responsibility with these devices. And, and you talk about that too, with your chi is your responsibility that we have with devices in our home and, and what are we consciously doing with those devices, you know. It's important that we have gotten so frenetic and our, all of us have this tornado whipping around us instead of this beautiful meandering chi as if we, mm -hmm. if we are whipped up in this froth. And we can't really see the forest for the trees because we're not getting in that alpha state, which I talk about this in my course. I teach this in, in Feng Shui for the Soul, the, the eight-week course about how we need to get out of beta and get more into alpha. We need to slow the frick down. And so we can feel our way through things. This is how we get into the frequency of our true beingness. And the ancients were able to get there because they didn't go at this pace. They didn't no. constantly go, 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 which this was all invented through the industrial revolution. This idea of having no. to put in a Monday through Friday, nine to five, eight to five work life, you know, um, working all the time with no work-life balance. And this is all invented during the industrial revolution because Dale Carnegie, Rockefeller, Ford, all of these big guys wanted more people working more hours. And they were the ones that invented this concept of to not work is to go against God, to not work is to be shameful, to not push and go and strive and to mm -hmm. buy and buy and buy, then you're not a patriot. So this got hardwired into us to, to create mm. work all the time. And I mean, now we're just, it's like burning like wildfire. So I think that you're absolutely right. This is coming out at the right time for those who are open, willing, and ready to receive the message about yeah. a lifestyle of how you can be copacetic, so, so to speak, and, and more cohesive with nature, tapping in, tuning in, slowing down, um, and really opening your intuition up to your divine knowledge and what you need to be doing based on your personal chi. And it's going to look different for everyone because we all have a different frequency. So That's right. Let's talk about, um, I came to you, uh, I think it was like, beginning of 2019, I, I had only written maybe one or two chapters. And I was like, okay, I want to call this feng shui for the soul. This is what spirit's telling me, um, which I think it's a 23. Tell us about the title and what that means. Well, it's a most protected energy, number one. So in, in Chaldean numerology, which is what I do all of my consulting and my uh, name expression, as we call it in numerology, calculations. So I don't use the Pythagorean regular 
Western, what we call the Western letter to number matchup. Um, and for those uh, listening who may not understand what I'm talking about, I'll just backtrack a little bit. So aside from your birthday, which holds like just an amazing amount of numerological wisdom for your entire life, your name holds the same or anything that we choose to title in life and you know, whether it be a business, a book in Amanda's case, uh, a CD, album, businesses, obviously children, but that is an actual another person. So um, everything has a, a vibration and a, its own chi through the name itself. So we do this by, and there's two systems. Now, when I was taught the Chaldean numerology this is why I use it because it was explained to me this way and it made the most sense when you, if, if you understand music. So this is for anybody who gets music or if you've ever been taught music. The difference between the Chaldean uh, letter to number matchup and the Western way, which is what they claim, uh, even though Pythagoras understood uh, Chaldean numerology, there, there was a whole, there's a whole debate about all that, but nevertheless, the way it's been taught in Western numerology is you go A to Z, 1 to 26, and then all the letters hold that numerical vibration. But that Chaldean said this, yeah, but it's vibration. You got to understand it's a vibration. There's only eight natural notes on a musical scale. You can't have like the Western alphabet to number matchup is. You can't have looping it one to nine twice and then the remainder. The Chaldean said, no, no, no. Each letter has a particular way that the sound goes and that there's only eight ways this can work. So their system is not like A to Z and then it loops one to eight a couple of times. It's it's all mismoshed. It's it's like, you know. It, it doesn't go in order. There's no order to it. Like it doesn't just go one to, not, you know, it doesn't loop. It just, it's whatever it is. It's all of it. Like, you know, the, the, um, the I is, is one and, 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 and the, I'm trying, like, I can't even, but the, the, the J, is it, is it J, J, H, I, I could see I'm in the middle of the alphabet. I can't get it in order myself. <laughs> But they have a different frequency, which makes sense. They all have a different frequency. So when you're doing a Chaldean numerology calculation, you're never putting a nine to a letter itself. It can compute to a nine, like all the letters. So basically all you're going to do in name numerology is, or title numerology, branding numerology, you're going to just, you know, put, the, 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 you, you spread out the name, you, you, you plug in all the math, add everything up. There's different rules about that. If it becomes a master number, et cetera, et cetera. We're not here to give you that kind of lesson, but the bottom line is you can have a name equate to a nine, but the letter itself is only going to be a vibration of one to eight when you're doing those calculations. And so that's the difference. You're going to get a very different outcome, whichever one you explore. And when, you know, if you just understand music, that makes perfect sense. So when you understand numerology and any of this stuff that we're talking about that you can't see, you can't see it, but it exists, um, you know, we're working with vibrations. So musically, that's perfectly, I, I could, 
take that explanation as affirmation and, and total validity. And that's why I use the Chaldean system. And I don't touch the Pythagorean one because it's not accurate enough. It may have some things to add into the story, but I just, that's not my wheelhouse. It's not what resonated with me when I started doing this work and it wasn't how I was taught it. So with your name title, you do all that process we just did. Yeah, you come up with the 23, which is now every number 10 and up in Chaldean numerology has what we call a Chaldean karmic mystery. So all the root numbers one to nine are, I've sort of put my own little twist on what I think that they mean. Um, but there's no, what they call a Chaldean karmic mystery associated with any number one to nine. That's just the root system. There's planets that guide all of those numbers. So it's always, when I'm talking numbers, I think of planets, just like when I'm talking astrology, I'm channeling planets. And so that's the vibrational conversation that I pull. Well, why is this happening this way? Like, why is the energy this way? Well, that's what that planetary channel of conversation is coming through for me all the time. So your Chaldean karmic mystery of the 23 as a five root vibration, two and the three make a five. That's how we get to the root. You take a compound number, you add those two digits together. That's your root. If you have any number over 10, that's how you get, that's how you understand the root. Everything's going to go back to one to nine. That's logical math right there. But the 23 is the royal star of the lion. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful vibration. And it and it's a karmic reward number. When you're looking at five as the root, you're looking at mercury. So your guide, the book is guided by a planet that guides what? Oh my God, communications. And um, you're silent when you just said that. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you. I said communication. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want oh, to talk over you. I gotcha. It's no problem. <laughs> I'm communicating without communicating. <laughs> I got it. I can see. Yeah, we're doing this as an audio recording, obviously. So um, you can't see us, but we can see each other. So, yeah. so that always makes it We like fun. to see each other. Yeah, you know, hey, why not? You know, we're in different states. We, we deserve to do that every so often. So, um, so what, if, if the 23 it, adds up to a five, do we also yes. look at the two and three? Do we also look at those independently or are we just- You, you can, I mean, you know, you certainly can. Um, like, for example, if we're looking at what a 14 means, you know, the 14 is still a five vib vibration as well, but it's- not the combo of the inner working of two and three. So yes, there is like, like when I do like a, a, you know, a real deep dive personal reading for somebody, you know, I get into all that. Like, you know, if let's say you're born to the 23rd of the month, you know, well, what does that mean on an, it, that two and the three is like the, I want to say like some of the emotional undertow of what guides the outcome of what the five is doing. And what the energy of that 23 does as a very protective kind of, um, you know, energy as, as, as it does, um, you know, and, and one of the things it, it specifically says is that no other number can challenge the lion's strength and win. Oh, so if everybody's like, 
the book, the book title, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there's another book with the name, which I mentioned a little bit ago, but there was a little bit of conflict yeah. there and it was no problem. Exactly. And you know, what's so funny. And the other thing, you know, I've, you know, I, and if people don't know, I do this. The other thing we do is the lexagrams. That's also the third little like key thing that I do in understanding energy, potential outcomes and so on. And <laughs> the, 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 the title actually spells lion in it of, you know, roar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the lion right in there. So I think that's so in there's so much, you know, I, I we can we could spend 20 million hours talking about, you know, the connectivity of everything. So so when I do name branding and I and I'm coming, I'm tweaking, like I always say, I have to tweak things for people because I want all of their original ideas when I'm doing something like this, because I I, I don't want to take away from what spirits telling them to do. But sometimes it just needs like a, just like, you know, it's like, a, I call it tweaking. I tweak a name so that we just, we want the energy of that name to be as attracting as, as, you know, humanly possible. And if you have a mercury guided energy on any title, or even if you're the person or the business, it's going to attract masses of people to it. It may not happen in a split second. But it will, it's that that's the energy that's instilled in it is that it wants that type of impact. And, you know, and us choosing that, okay, we got the 27th, which is another karmic reward number. And that's the scepter, that's the torch carrier. And it's another number that tells us no matter who, who tries to oppose this, you're just going to keep carrying your Olympic torch and it's just going to keep going. So there so you, you have a folks. title. That's why everybody kept asking me, why isn't the book available now? Why aren't you releasing it now? It's done. Why isn't it available now? There you have it right there. My astrologer told me to release it on June 27th and by God, hell or holy water, I am going to release it on June 27th. <laughs> and it's your month of new beginnings. So we also look into your forecast for this. Um, and, and we, you know, again, we want the book to have the, the, the ability to, to, to go. And what I also, and it's funny, because like I said, I, as it's also going to has a cancer sun. It's born under a cancer sun at that time. Cancer is the sign that the rules home. houses and the home itself, the family, uh, what go. you do with the soul of your home is cancer energy. It's the nourishing, 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 nurturing sign. That's that chicken soup for the soul. That's what it is. I, America is a cancer nation as well. Obviously, you know, if you know, we're born July 4th and, um, you know, so all the pieces of the puzzle kind of came together. It's great in your forecast. You are still finishing up your four year, um, you know, where you've been pulling in a new foundation in your life. Like you were talking about that pivotal 2018 to 19 time. 
that was the 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 closure of that last nine year chapter and the beginning of you building this foundation that you are just like right now in the last like third of the year putting it all into place so that when you turn November this year and go into your five year, which is ha ha a 23 guided personal year cycle, this book is ready to go. You've put, you've got it. It's planted in the foundation so that over the course of this next year, where this is going to be able to travel, move and circulate and blossom in accordance with your own energy. Uh, holy moly, you know, um, you know, we should, we should just do a follow up a year from now because I want to see where, where, where it all takes off to. The other um, thing I want to mention is that one of the other things that Sharita and I talked about back in 2016 is, um, she helped me with my name because on detoxing, I had originally put on there, Amanda M Gates. I had my middle initial which I, I can't remember, it was like 18 or 29, or it was a bad number. What It was one of those, yeah, kind of, let's, not, let's not add insult to injury numbers. <laughs> so you had told me to do Amanda Gates, which I think is also a five. Um, I don't think it's, it's 23. The 14, it's the 14 version of it. But so, as a writer, it'll help you. That's the point. Yeah. So it's a five, which again is like what she was talking about communication and, and it's not as auspicious as, as the 23, but that was another factor that you know, literally all the moving parts, everything that I could possibly touch and manipulate, which I talk a lot about uh, in my own teachings, whether it's on the blog, on the podcast, I always talk about there's five ingredients to feng shui and um, it's luck, education, karma, feng shui, um, and destiny. And a lot of those we cannot manipulate. You know, we come in with our fate, we come in with our, our, our destiny, we cannot manipulate that. We can tweak karma a little bit about, you know, good deeds, we can, we have the choice to change our education. But one of the things that we can really manipulate is feng shui. And feng shui is about energy. So that's one of the important things about having Sharita involved in this. And th this is why this is such a cohesive, cohesive relationship is that she understands and speaks the language of energy from just a little bit of a different aspect. It's all the same thing, but it's, it's a little bit different. But literally every single thing that she could possibly touch to help me with this and get my chi right. I can only take it so far. I understand and speak the language only so far because I'm in my own freaking lane. I'm in my feng shui lane. She's in her astrology and numerology lane. So with us working together over the past seven years on this. <laughs> I know. Not 90 days, folks. Seven years we have been working together on this. And funny enough, back in uh, 16, you had said to me, oh, this is just the start, honey. There's a, there's a lot more books to come. And I was thinking, nope, I'm right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, I'm resistant and I'm going to write one. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, and just to touch upon just your innate talents a little bit here, you know, I mean, when I first ever got your chart in front of me, I was like, oh, you have a mercury, you, your natal mercury conjuncts your sun in your chart. 
So anytime I see that energy, I'm like, wow, this, this person is either a you know, total mover shaker, can stand up in front of a room or likes to sit and write, needs to communicate in some channel. However you do it. Some people communicate, they're a writer. They're not a, a, a outward personality kind of person. But you kind of have all of that at work for you because um, you can be out in the front or you can do it from the privacy sector. You kind of go back and forth, you know, you, you like both. But if we put you in, we'll put you in on camera, you, you're going to do very well. Uh, you know, you have that too, which is fantastic. Um, so you have multiple ways that your communications are able to flow. And the, another thing that I saw on your chart, knowing what you did at the time, I was like, Oh, no wonder why she gets this feng shui stuff so much. Just, you have a Venus that sits in the area of your natal chart that guides the home and the whole home environment. Like, so your ability to bring balance and, and seek to understand and look at what's going on in a home environment is like impeccable. I mean, you know, you, you have impeccable you know, why you want it to look, it's also why you gravitated to design as you did as well. Um, you know, and, and that was your calling. Now, and then you're six. Well, the thing is you being born to the sixth of the month, it just enhances all of that to begin with, which is the also what makes, makes you Venus, very, right. And six is ruled by Venus. So you're a Venus in your natal chart via astrology tells me one thing like, oh, well, that's where she knows what to value in her life. She knows how to value the home. I mean, your Venus tells you what your value system is. That's a, when you look at that planet and where it is placed in the chart, that is what you value probably the most out of any other area of your life. And not to say you don't value all the other 11 areas, but you have a, um, more of a what's what's the word an affinity for that and that's where your natural talent is going to it's just going to come out and it's going to shine um now i want to bring up a point in the book so it's in the very beginning and you guys when when you pick up this book and you read it you're just going to love it because what, what what amanda in that mercury conjunct her son she's an excellent writer and she kind of like what I love about her is a Scorpio too. She has this little like element of mystery that she's like pulling you in with, like, like you get going in the book and she tells you one of these stories, personal stories, you know, back when she was getting started and doing this and then she doesn't finish it. <laughs> like she, didn't, she doesn't give you the full details right away. She didn't spill all the beans and then you keep reading along and then she goes back to that story again and, and gives you a little bit, little bit more, feeds you a little bit more information about it. And I just love that. It's a, such a great writing style because you're like, wait a minute, she didn't finish. And uh, oh, but and then we move on to this. And so it's, it's, it's a book that will keep your, you moving too, because you want to know what's going to happen or you want to know how the hell did that turn out? And you are in, you, you tell this really great story. And of course I had maybe heard this over the years from you, but I didn't, I, I remembered it as, as I was uh, reading the book and you, you tell this story of the very, you're at the very beginning of what you're doing and, and starting to shift now that was happening in your first Saturn return. 
that cycle that we talked about, uh, you know, that's a very heavy hitter in anybody's life when they're about 28 to 30 years of age. And your, your Saturn in your chart is in your future. It's where you hold your future directions. It's about friendships. It's about vision. It's about um, just where you're going to take accountability for all of those things in your lifetime. So you you had a for the first pass of, of Saturn was coming back over that area of your life for the first time ever and going like, yeah, haha, Amanda, you thought you were going to be a doctor, or go work in medicine and go do all this other nerdy stuff. But no. I'm going to, you're going to, this is something you did that to learn from the experience, but you're got another way that this is going to go for you. And you tell this great story about, you know, you're doing the design and you're working with this client and, and, and there's this chaotic situation going on where uh, the, the, the tile is being put down in the house before the bathtub, which just mysteriously disappeared. And there's no bathtub for this whole job, but the tile guy's going on anyway. And you just like it again, it's sort of even humorous, even though it's kind of a very serious situation, but you, you really tell it with such um, flair and it's, it's just makes it more fun. So I'm like, and you specifically used a date in it and when it was going on, I thought, oh my God, I got to look up what the hell was going on with the planets that, that time frame because I said, this, this has retrograde written all over it that the woman didn't have the tub and this was just this huge issue and everybody was not liking, nobody had communication skills. Well, not only, my dear, were you dealing with a Mercury retrograde at that time, it was Mars retrograde as well. Oh, it was God. the duality of those two interplanet retrogrades happening. So if anybody doesn't know what a Mercury retrograde is, this is, this is a time it recurs three times a year in astrology. Um, give or take maybe four. Um, and it's a time where things are offset for about three weeks. That's it, it always happens for about three weeks, about every three to four months. And it creates communication issues, internet issues, ordering issues, car issues, people not understanding each other, your phone's not working right, whatever the case is. It's all like everybody's rescheduling, everything's, everything's a muck. And then you have a cycle like Mars retrograde. Now that happens about every 18 to 21 months, it, it depends. So, uh, and Mars retrograde takes that energy of a Mercury and kind of amplifies it by 10. So it really throws stuff off. So a lot of things that we ever energetically plant into place and want to do, when we try to do them under these retrogrades, you most certainly can give it a go. But you're going to realize there's all these mistakes. There's all these errors. And so astrology says, watch that divine timing, because if you want to plant something when things don't, <laughs> they're just going to give you the hardest time and, and you can get around these things, but boy, does it take a lot of extra energy, extra time, and a lot, a lot, a lot more often, way more extra money than you need to be doing when you could just delay that initiation for a little bit and not Go, don't plant under murky energy. Don't plant when the foundation is in the sand. 
because well, then you know what sense. you're going to get. Because I didn't, I mean, there were some, we'll say colorful words exchanged. I can only imagine because, you know, the Mars retrograde at the time was just people were angry. He and was very here, And it, it just amplifies an Mars retrograde. You watch people. And when we had that in 2020, just for anybody with a more recent example, um, Fall of 20, the fall yeah. of 2020, the, the fall of 2020. And I, you know, if you can't figure out what was going on in the fall of 2020 in your memory, um, was all under a Mars retrograde. And then we had an overlap at that time as well of a Mercury retrograde. And that's when a lot of things got very misdirected, very misunderstood. And there was a lot of anger in this country. There still is a lot of anger in this country. Let's face it. That's just like gone up tenfold. But the roots of that really got blown out in, in the fall of 2020. What yeah. we're dealing with right now really itched from, from the fall of 2020. And we're about to have another Mars retrograde this fall. Once yeah, again. It was, it was a challenging <laughs> time. I mean, and the thing is, is that at this point in my life, I was still, I had only been doing feng shui for about five or six years. I was still pretty new to it. Um, I was still, uh, I had a strong foundation, but I was still very much, and you have to think back, like in this, in this particular time, it's so trendy right now to be spiritual because so many people are waking up and so many of yeah. millennials and Gen Z, they're so much more open than we were back then. Like, yeah. I don't think they truly I understand agree. how closeted a lot of us were with our spirituality because it was deemed weird and woo woo. And my own husband, which I talk about in the book, um, mm -hmm. criticized me and, and made fun of me. And, and it was, you know, and I, I've shared stories about the first time I was in a Borders bookstore in like 95, 96 and, and buying my first deck of tarot cards and how I was trying to keep it a secret. And they, they announced it over the loudspeaker because it, they were behind a, a glass case. And I was mortified because yeah. I knew everybody was going to look at me because I was, I was that girl buying tarot cards. And there was no Amazon back then. There was no online. Yeah, that's group. right. Yeah. Yeah, like, there was none of this. Buying so like you this had to, right to get your ass in a car and, and physically go get these things. And, and so I, I was still in my early, early stages of learning energy and, and how to do all this. And it was still very sloppy and messy. And, and part of the thing that I share in the story is, you know, not am I, am I new into feng shui, but I'm also new into interior design. I had only been doing it for five years at this point. So mm. Here I had just moved to Tennessee from, I had been in Vegas for a hot minute, but you know, grew up in California. And this good old boy is basically like, ma'am, I don't take direction from you. I don't give a shit what you think. And I'm doing my job that I was paid to do. And like, he was not listening. And words no. were a lot more colorful than that. But now knowing that it was yeah, yeah. a Mars retrograde, that makes so much sense because Mars is aggressive. It's action. Yes. It's fighting energy and that's exactly yeah. what happened but the beauty of that experience was my belief system prior to that day my belief system was that i had to have external chattels 
I had to have ceremonial tools. I had to have my bag of goodies. I had to have my special rocks. I had to have my shit to be productive. And this mm-hmm. was a pivotal moment, even under retrogrades, where I was able to connect to the divine and connect yes. to house energy and connect to the land energy. And, and that's where your intuition came in, because that is what a retrograde teaches us. Because we're slowing down and we've reflected and we're listening. And that's why all that energy pulled in for you so beautifully, because that's exactly what you did. You didn't need the stuff per se. Like, well, like you said, it shifted everything that we way. I mean, you still need some, yes, obviously intentional things, but your energy intuitively got the yeah. channel turned on and we that's got the, where we, despite yeah. how the the day had started with the the tile guy <laughs> we, we internally and what sparked it which i would also say is mars i got a spark of energy of oh shit like barbara is deflated deflated and upset and and i need to fix it and i don't know how because i don't have anything but i'm gonna make this up as i go i'm just gonna make shit up to make her feel better that's really what i thought that that was like i'm just gonna fly by the seat of my pants and we're gonna grab shit from around the job site and we are literally gonna make it up but i realized looking back now we weren't making up anything it was the energy that was speaking to us it was the intuition it was it was all of that coming to play absolutely mm-hmm. and that was a pivotal moment for me in realizing that none of that external shit matters what matters is is that you cultivate your chi and that you are the necessary conduit to achieve whatever it is that you need and eradicate what you don't and that's what that experience taught me. And that's why that chapter is called coming home, because not only did we come home, but like spiritually, I came home. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. And, and, and just for you in that particular, that Mercury retrograde was changing your mind about everything in your chart at that moment, back in, in, in this uh, house in the woods in Tennessee. and the mars was on top of your natal moon the mars retrograde in your house of transformation so it was this um, wildly like death of the old and welcome the rebirth of how well you were going to start to channel all of this beautiful information and and start using it in a different way than you were working with up till then and i do believe as well you were in the same year that you're finishing right now moving in like like at that thanksgiving that year when you're telling that story you were in your five year you had just entered it ah uh, interesting so you were exactly like 18, that's 18 cycles, 18 cycles, that's 18 years ago, but it's two, two, it's, it's the second four to five year back than, you know, nine years ago, 18 years ago. Yeah. Well, and this is so, so. key. I mean, as you guys are listening to this and, and listening to this audio, um, this is why Sharid and I work so well together because she and I both have a mystical language. We are tapped into this cosmic breath 
um, of mystery that we really understand. And, and she and I both have had these parallel paths of working with shamans and um, working with energy healers and, and all kinds of different um, aspects, if you will, of healers and, and people who do energy work. And all of us are in our own lanes, but we all work very, very closely together in, in really getting and honoring the energy correctly. Like it, it's really tapping into the, the, the spirit of the universe, the essence of the universe. But I didn't learn of, I actually found Sharita on the internet and I heard her voice and I was like, I'm done. I need to meet this woman. Like she has the most amazing voice and um, <laughs> voice like butter. Uh, and I think that's what I said to you, didn't I? To get you on the podcast. I, I, I remember getting your email going like, who is this? I mean, I'm, I'm flattered and I thank you, but I'm like, who is this person? My voice is like butter, really? <laughs> I can't remember. I think that was in like 2012, 2013, somewhere. No, around uh, yes, because, well, it was some point. Yeah. Because the empower scopes came out in, in, uh, the summer of 09, I think. No, well, no 13. They came out in 13. I'm sorry. So that's they, 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 they've been, they've, they, they've been, and it's funny that we're, we're actually talking, bringing them up because they, the, the last one is this Sunday. Um, because this uh, empower radio is, um, shifting its own gears and it is, it's just kind of coming to its 13 year chapter end. Um, but yeah, I've been doing, uh, those empower scopes on empower radio since it was the summer of 13, they came out. Well, when those launched, so at some point we, we found one another then, and then uh, it was, I had reached out to you to get you on the podcast. And yes, we, and I, then I, I met you for the first time in 15, because that's when I came to the house traveling. Yep. And, um, but after that, I mean, literally everything that, um, Gates interior, even my name, Gates interior design, you helped me with that because it used to be AB home interiors when I, before I got right. Yes. We've, we've worked on a lot of the name naming branding projects. Yeah. Everything that Amanda has, Sharita has touched in some sh- way, shape or form, um, because I'm very intentional and purposeful about how I uh, launch my courses, um, books, um, and ironically enough, she told me in 16 that I would author many, many books. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I've already written an eco book and now this book, and I'm already writing my third book. <laughs> it's, yeah. You're just getting warmed up. And, and you know, what's interesting too, because you've self-published this. I mean, you, you did it under your own, my own publishing, which is yep. so important for the 14, which is the, your name, your personal name. Because it says you, you're going to have that wide, widespread effect, but you have to watch who you trust and who you're partnered with. So you're better to be doing it with good advice, but be very careful where you're getting it from. So if you had partnered up, let's say, and legally got tethered to a, a publishing company, that may not have been the right route for this book. So the fact that you did it yourself and not that you won't have people connecting you and helping you to get it out, get the word out about it, which obviously has to happen. But the fact that you have your own rights to it is key. Yeah. And it's well, that was another the, thing in was- the protection of what the title is telling us, you know, alone. But so I, 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 I like in 19, when I had that meditation, I mean, it was very clear 
about the name, the title, and interestingly enough, how to achieve more own from your home. That came to me in, in 16 or 17. I actually registered um, that domain name several years ago. And right, I remember that too. When it, yeah. when it came to me, it just said, I just got the sense of park this coming soon. Like you're going to need this in a minute, but not right now, just park it. And I was like, yeah, okay, just leave that there. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, but, um, but everything from the, the book cover, um, to the title, I mean, literally everything. And it's funny because the, the book cover, um, I had to search and search and search and search and search for a background. And I found one that was close to what I had seen in my vision and I created it and built it back in 2019. And then fast forward to just a couple of months ago, I'm working with my editor and I'm like, the cover has to look like this. And she's like, well, who designed that? Who built that? I'm like, I did. And she's like, well, where do we get that background? And I was like, oh shit, that was from three years ago. I have no idea. So I literally mm. went into meditation and I'm like, y'all need to help me. I don't know where this came yeah. from. Help to- me remember where this is. So I, <laughs> what do looked- I have to pay. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. I looked and I could not find it. And I literally said, if you do not help me find this background, I am not releasing this book because it has to be this background. Yeah. yeah. It was during the Mercury retrograde that I found it. It re- you remembered. I literally went right to the website and I found it. And I was like, I literally tried to look for this two weeks ago and could not find it. And then under the retrograde, it came back to me. And another wonderful lesson about the value of Mercury retrograde. It helps us with what already exists. And that is another thing. That's why I teach the mastering Mercury retrograde is, is, you know, people get, they get their little butts in a dither every time it's another Mercury retrograde for the people who really know, or they think they know, I'm going to, I'm going to put it like that. They think they know, oh, it's going to just be three weeks of chaos and they get all grumpy and, and whatever. And it's like, stop approaching Mercury retrograde unconsciously, please. Use the cycle to your advantage. And I think you also did a lot of work on this book under the coupling of a, the Venus retrograde and the Mercury retrograde earlier in the year as we opened 2022 up. We were under an, another duality interplanet retrograde cycle. That's when I finished it under when in January. And, and, and you were working with what already existed. And, and that's when you and I put together this timeline that, okay, if, if I get it done here and get and do this here and do this here, this, this can be, you know, how we're going to envision when we can let her out of the gates to the world. And here we are. Um, so you can use these retrograde cycles to your ultimate advantage, but you got to be doing the right type of, of activities under them instead of doing things that won't necessarily turn out well, except to give you aggravation. So when we go back in reflection, we want to go back and remember, we want to go back and review, redo, rewrite, recreate, whatever the case is. That's when we pull the beauty out of the energy of that cycle in play. Retrogrades are never going to ask you to go forward. And if you can't, like I said, you can try, you can go, you can do it. Go ahead, try it. 
Well, I, I would guarantee say you, you'll be wasting your time, money, and energy on some capacity that you didn't need to do. And, and I why would say I'm, that we, we got enough frustration in the world. We don't need any more. <laughs> right. And, and I would say that having worked with you for so many years now, um, I have my, my handy dandy calendar that is, you know, starts at 7 a.m. and goes until like 9 p.m. And I literally, I write down the days that are moon box, especially the ones that are all day. I do not schedule appointments on those days. And those are the days that I do my busy work. Um, I always write down the, the Venus, Mars and Mercury retrogrades because those are our inner planets, which makes it sound like I know. Those are the big, the, yeah, those are the big three. You have to really watch your timing in on, out of any other retrograde. The outer planets, they're going to cause collective energy to go awry, but it's not so much the immediate timing of things. I mean, you know, we, we, we got to. A lot of pretty soon, all the planets are going to be the, all the outer planets will be retrograde by mid-August. So you know, the, the, just think about how the fall will be until one of them starts turning around in early October. But it's because of you <laughs> that I have really learned to honor those rhythms of nature, and and a lot yeah. of ways to me, that's honoring the Tao, the, the, which I talk about in the book. Is the Tao is the way of nature and honoring yep. the wheel of fortune, which is the, the, the changes and the seasons. And so I make sure that I write those in my calendars and those are hard no's for me. Like if someone wants to meet me, um, if they're brand new and it's under a mercury retrograde, I will push them outside of that. Yep. Um, I it's, don't it's sign, just better. Yeah. I don't sign contracts under that time. I, if it's a moon Vok and it's an all day or a two day moon Vok, like I try to steer clear of those and do um, more of busy work, yoga, getting out in nature. But I, the whole reason that I've really got into those cycles is because of just working with you for over a decade and just really understanding. And, and more recently, I've really gotten into um, the moon cycles and, and trying to understand those. But I couldn't have done any of that without your guidance and your coaching and, and understanding it. And I know a little bit about it, but I'm not the expert. I, I, I keep saying again and again, like I just do what Sharita tells me to do because she is the expert in this lane of numbers and vibration, which the book talks a lot about. It's all about energy and vibration and frequency. And, and the whole point of chi cultivation is to raise your vibration and to raise your frequency and why it matters. Like you may be listening to this and going, well, my vibration's fine. Why do I care? Trust me, when you read the book, you're going to understand why you care. But by honoring these cycles, which I've been back in the corporate world for the last two years, and it, there have, it's been challenging with some of these, with, you know, these uh, bigger retrogrades and, and trying to not do contracts and not meet with people because the, the masses of the world don't. They, they have no clue. They have no clue about any of this. So and it, it's been a little bit challenging for me, but I, yeah. I do what I can to avoid the booby traps. But I know that if I do meet with someone new under a retrograde, or I, if I sign a contract, I know because I've been coached by Sharita to expect things, to expect shit to go wrong. And it does every friggin' time. Last year I had yeah. installations that I wrote contracts under Mercury and I would triple, quadruple check these pieces of paper and sure enough, they would get installed six weeks later and shit would hit the fan. Like things would go wrong. And I would just, I would literally highlight them in my calendar on their install dates. And I would write next to them, 
wrote under MRX. So I would know mm-hmm. <laughs> that things right. are going to go wrong. And, and, and then you just have to spend some form of time and energy or money to fix it. I mean, and that's, you know, again, life does move on. We, 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 we tootle and then, but really uh, your favorite expression, which I have come to, my mother used to use it growing up and, and I've adapted it a lot more is, the power of puttering. I mean, when you if you when you have your moon voyage, your Mercury retrogrades, or any other, you know, it's like understanding the power of puttering is 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 amazing. Like to kind of like surrender to not having a big plan and allowing yourself to just kind of work with that reflection is 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 letting go of this like oh I got I gotta have efficiency at all times and I've got to be you know, I've got to be, you know, it's like, oh my God. I mean, I watch parents today, especially I've never seen kids more overscheduled in my life, let alone what the adults are doing. It's like what I watch parents do to their kids. I'm like, why don't you let the kid play in its own imagination? But, but, but they they got this date and that date and, 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 and this activity and that activity. And I, I, I'm blown out of the water of, how are you growing up this way and not getting exhausted? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. mean, but I think everybody's getting to this point of exhaustion and, and there's a culmination point and, you know, to circle back to what America is experiencing with our, with our Pluto return, we're, we're, we're forming another culmination point of the value system is, is desperate to be examined and reflected upon. Yeah. And like, what, well, what, I think what what's have we interesting been doing? Is it, I've been watching some old movies lately that were done in like the late nineties and early two thousands. And it's really interesting to watch those, to see not only the objectivity of women and, and how the men are in three piece suits and the women are in next to nothing, which is exactly where our consciousness was back then, but also the airy golds of the world, which I talk about him in the book as well. Um, he's a fictional character from Entourage. Uh, but um, this idea of push, 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 go, 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 make more money, buy a bigger house, have more things, like big, 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 big. Whereas like I watched a, a movie last night called Father of the Bride. It's the, the new rendition of it with Andy Garcia. And it, it's about this um, uh, Mexican Cuban family. And, and um, he is the old paradigm of you work really hard you work you know monday through sunday seven days a week never stop working accumulate more have the bigger house have more cars it's that whole patriarchal yeah. system push, push 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 yeah and his daughter who he puts through law school in new york he's expecting her to move to miami where they are and push 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 and open the big firm and have you know um uh become at 30 the governor of Miami and he's got like her whole plan laid out life planned out for her yeah and yeah. the way that <laughs> he thinks that she should live her life and and it's that old paradigm of accumulate and build an ego 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 and her plan is no I'm gonna move to Mexico and I'm gonna help immigrants and immigration law and bring equality for all and he's just looking at her like she's a freaking alien like but yeah. that's the difference between movies from 20 years ago to now. And that's a shift and in now. consciousness. 
because mm -hmm. that's where we're going. That's where we're headed is, you know, um, this softness that's coming into play. And, and what's also beautiful is that um, the guy that she's marrying in this movie is all about how can I support you? How can I take care of you? And, you know, he did everything he could to get out of Mexico and moves to New York. And then she wants to move back to Mexico. And Andy Garcia is like, wait a minute, you wanted out of Mexico and you're going back for her. And he goes, I'm here to support her. This is a, this is an equal marriage. And he, Andy Garcia is just like, who are you? Like, but that's yeah. the old paradigm where we're, we're seeing that fall away. And that I feel like that's going to be a huge part of the Pluto return in this revolution of we're seeing these old paradigms fall apart and break apart. And we're, we're birthing this new way of being, of puttering, of slowing down and getting back into those rhythms and not making it so that it's such a big deal. Like I, I was talking to my boss the other day and, and I said to him, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not scheduling on Tuesday. It's a moon void all day. And rather than him saying like, what the F is that? Like, I don't give a shit what it is. You're going to, what work. are you talking about? Yeah. He says to me like, Oh, you know, tell me more about that. What is that? And so, you know, I just gave him like a quick, you know, 20 second rendition. And he was like, okay, cool. And I was like, what? But that's that shift that's occurring. That's where yes. we see that shift in yep. the diamond. And I just read an article last night where a lot of these larger corporations are realizing that in order to retain employees, they're starting to move to this four day work week. And they're realizing that if they want to retain employees and attract employees, they've got to have flex schedules. They've got to allow people to work from home and they need to give them more personal time. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes. You and I did yeah. not have this 20 years ago. This no, it was not that. No, it wasn't designed that way. And, and that is a positive of what happened in 2020. Um, this get, get this, you know, all these awakening the unexpected changes going that have been circulating since. But everybody obviously realized in the spring of 2020, most jobs, unless it's totally a hands-on situation, most jobs can be done remotely. So, oh, wow, we can change that entire uh, illusion we had going, you know, oh wait. You know, who wants to sit in a car for an hour each way to go to work for one example? Most people do that. You know, they drive, give, the average person's commute is an hour every day to, I mean, an hour each way to get to their job. Um, nobody wants to do that anymore. That's yeah. two hours a day they could have back in their life. Um, and they yeah. realize that from what happened two years ago. Um, you know, nobody wants to do that anymore. Like, wow, hey, look, look at how much more easeful this is. As much as that created the things that happened, um, there was an ease for a lot of people that happened from working from home. I and think everybody's situation that. is different and they've never had that. Now, some people had it a lot more complicated because like, again, going back to parenting, um, if you had a kid who was working online with a you know, online learning at the same time, and you were there trying to do your job, well then, oh boy, then, then you had like, you know, a little bit of complication going on because you can't work your job from home and watch your kid at the same time when they're normally in school and you're normally at the office. So, you know, obviously those types of situations changed differently for everybody, but, you know, depending on your individual experience, um, 2020 was supposed to really, and I wrote an article about this at the, at the beginning of it, 
becoming friends with simplification. And, and, and that's just going to keep that theme is not going away. It's, it's really this whole breaking down into simplifying things because we've just, we're at a culmination point. It's so utterly complicated. It, it's never, it just can't keep going anymore. Not, not, not the way it's been. And it's well, all it's, systems we value across the board in America. Every single system that's established. And I so, think the other thing that you have pointed out to me numerous times that I don't think a lot of people think of is, you know, a lot of us come in and we're, we're hardwired for a way of being. And so like, based on our astrology, like my mom was an ER nurse for 35 years. She loved the structure of getting in a car, going to a building, doing her job, getting in her car and coming home. I would die. So you've told me many times based on my astrology that I am all about freedom and I need to play by my own rules and that I cannot be pinned down. And it's so true because all those jobs that I did have in the nineties and early two thousands, I would get fired from all of them. And it wasn't because I was a bad employee. It was because I couldn't handle the structure and the rules. Yes. So I have the same, I have a very similar thing in my chart. I was fired from majority of jobs I've ever had uh, so, in my younger days. And that's the yeah, same thing. I, Cause I can't fit into the structure. I'm an excellent worker. I just don't fit into your it's well, especially if you got an entitled boss telling you what to do, it's like, I don't know, that, that ain't going to fly too long. And it's like a one size fits <laughs> all and they expect everyone to do it. And now fast forward mm -hmm. to 2022 and now people, employers are starting to realize like it's, and I talk about this in the book, kids are not lazy. Millennials, Gen Z, they're not lazy. They are coming in with a different software. They yep. are upgraded software. Yep. They are here to yep. break up the paradigm that is no longer working and they are here to show us old people, yo, you're doing it wrong. This is how yeah. life should be lived. It should be a balance and you should be enjoying yourself, not working all the time. And all of us old folks are like, oh, they're so lazy. They don't want to work. They don't know. They're trying to show us that there's a better way of doing things. And so it's, a yes, I agree with that too. Yeah, and they're they're showing us that we need to slow down and have more enjoyment and more joy in our life. And that work and money and consumerism is not the way that we should be living our lives. So they're here yeah. to teach us a lot of things, which I think is really great. Um, as we start to wrap up here, I feel like we've been talking for quite some time now. Um, you know, I, the really the, the thing that I wanted to really convey with this is that um not only just the intention behind everything that I do and, and to show like the proof is in the pudding and, and like, this is such a beautiful example of everything that I talk about on the podcast and my blogs and that sort of thing of, of how I, I, I do everything so intentionally and I do things very slowly. I never do anything at a, a you know, anything other than a snail's pace because I want to make sure all my ducks are in a row. Um, which I think is a beautiful thing because a lot of people have lost patience. You know, the book was done. Yeah, that's right. And created and ready to be launched in February, which was a Mercury retrograde. And I think a lot of people would have rushed and just gotten it out. And instead I was like, nope, I'm waiting another four months to get it out during on June 27th when Sharita told me. It's literally been sitting in Amazon for the last four months, ready to go. Um, but it's beautiful because, you know, it, it's all about timing. Um, 
you know, and that's your brilliance of, of getting this thing right and getting the divine timing right. Um, but you have been through this whole birthing process with me for the last seven years. Um, what has this meant for you? Like, how has this been, you know, you always say that you wish that you could clone me and make like a hundred of me. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Can we have just a hundred more, Amanda? At least a hundred more, Amanda's. Because uh, we need to, we need this movement to, to, you know, not that we want to do anything faster than the divine timing says, but we, we need like just more seeds of Amanda all over the consciousness of our country and, and our world really to, you know, keep, as we say, the reachable and teachable and who will listen, you know, because at this point I've, I've, um, there's nothing to force with anybody. If nobody's ready to be unplugged from the system, you're never going to get to them. So it's really about having that, um, compassion for where they're at, which is something I, you have such a built in, I'm a, maybe a little more impatient about that, but I've had to learn how to step away and not force people to, there's nothing to force here. Like, like you always say, there is nothing to force. Um, but you're built with a very, that six energy you have is so good at seeking to understand before being understood. Your, your built in GPS of compassion is highly unsurpassed in most people because it, it just doesn't exist. And none of, we're not all built in the same blueprint. You know, I mean, you know that we, we, we understand that, but you, you make a statement in the book about we get where we need to go and journey and do these things, but we, our hearts at the end of the day, all want the same things. Billy Graham. Yep. Don't we just want the basics the same way? Uh, unless you've really, you know, been so hurt in your life, you don't even understand what you're, then you need some healing. You know, um, people need to be healed that their heart is not coming from a proper intention. Well, hell, there's nothing they're going to do until they get healed. They're just going to keep r running the way that, that, that they are. But, you know, this, this to, to have watched you evolve and there's a little lexagram for you. So Amanda's evolved because it's right in the word how she did it. She chose love. Even in the most challenging of situations, she chose love. She chose self-love, self-care. And that's what she did throughout any of these processes is just it's about love. You can't evolve unless you love. Never going to do it any other way. No. So, well, and congratulations on honoring your divine timing is, is um, you know, that's a beautiful thing to see that someone can see through all this. You know, you can't see it. It's, it's seemingly unknown or, you, you know, I can't touch it, feel it energy because we are so hardwired, like you say, to, to a lot of people I do, you know, if I initially meet them, you know, that's their thing. They need to touch it. They need to feel it. They don't need to feel it. They need to touch it and, and see it. They have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't see it, they're not listening. You know, they're not feeling, they don't want to feel anything. And that's normally when I send them off to a healer, because I mean, I've, <laughs> it's not a lot I'm going to do for you if you, you're not willing to heal either, you know? 
um, well, you're I not think willing. Travesty of our world is that it, it's been beaten out of us not to feel, and and our, our yes. greatest connection to God and to each other <clears throat> is through our feeling state. It, it it's sixty thousand times stronger than the brain waves are, and yet we have given so much power to our analytical reasoning yeah. state because that's what we've been conditioned to believe is supreme power, and I think that the only way that we are going to be able to evolve is number one through self love but giving love to each other as opposed to. Yes. And, and what that compassion is about in, in that same process. Yeah. But you know, the most important thing that I think you as a, you know, human being on your journey and evolving as you are, is that you, you cannot be compassionate if you haven't had the self-love or your compassion is going to go into giving from an empty cup, you know, we all know that part. So what I think we also don't get, like a lot of people believe self-love is selfish and that's like the furthest thing from the truth. You, you can't help anybody else in any kind of a situation, whether it be a joyful one or a crisis, if you haven't done the self-love because that's gonna give you the strength to be able to be compassionate or be understanding as you need to do, um, you know, for whatever it is. So- well, we've I got to have our, this self-love thing down uh, our, in our order to get to that just, stage. It's gotten so, and I talk a lot about this on the podcast, and, and I think that that was another reason why I really wanted to do this show today is I think that a lot of people think that I'm blowing smoke up their ass and that it's all hyperbole and, and like, you know, I, I'm not following my own wisdom and I'm not following my own words. And I'm, I'm just, because that's what everybody else is doing. They're spewing a bunch of shit, but they're not following their own wisdom. And, um, you know, what I say is not truth. You have to find your own truth. But I think that, um, my point to this is that what I say is my truth and, um, it has evolved over time. You've definitely seen that birthed out of me. I mean, we've known each other a long time now and, and like literally the, the, you were involved with that very first book, which got completely thrown away and I've completely started over and you were a part of all that process too, but to show how, you know, one of the big things that I always talk about is the chi cultivation and um, how important it is to get your chi right before you, you do proceed in anything that you do uh, and how mm -hmm. important it is to follow your heart and to be compassionate and to give back and, and to do for others and to be kind. And I think a lot of people say those things and they say those things because they, you know, sound good and they're popular and it makes you look like a good person, but they don't really follow it. That That's not really their MO. Yes. And so that's I, why you have to watch people's actions, not only just what they say. Right. And I think well, that that's what they do. The, that first book, yeah. Detoxing, had a lot of beauty in it, but I, I was still very much in an evolving state and my chi was not cultivated. And I had to go through that dark night of the soul with David and I had to go through this time period of, of death and rebirth. And I have this solitude, which I've really had over the last several years to, to really marinate in my own chi cultivation and, and really marinate in, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, book coaches and stuff like that, they'll say, oh, create an outline and put together this and like, you know, get all your nonsense. And I didn't do any of that. I literally channeled this whole book. Like I, I don't, there's no structure to it. And yet there is structure to it. I, I didn't have any mm -hmm. part of that. I just wrote yep. what came to me. And 
it kind of ends on a weird note because I've got the last two chapters, which are, I go through the, the top five disruptors and then there's a chapter called the shift, which is my premonition of what's to come. Um, and then the unveiling of where, I, where I've landed, where I come. And it, it's a little bit of an abrupt ending, I think, but that's what spirit wanted. They, they want it. Then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm, I'm going to go with that. But I think that the, the most important thing about all of this is um, the theme throughout the book is compassion, kindness, and love. And to, to your healing is an inside job. This is all about whoever reads this. Mm -hmm. It's about you and, and how you unfold. This is your process of unfoldment. And this book teaches you how to unfold, whether that's over the next six months, 10 years, or a lifetime, doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. it's all a process. But that's right. I think that the point of all of this is that this unfoldment for me has literally not only been a 20 year journey, but the book itself has been a seven and a half year journey. And literally Sharita has been involved every step of the way to make sure my chi and the chi of the book and the energy of all the words and everything used were in alignment with the purpose of the book. Um, and none of this happened overnight. It's literally been sloppy and messy and failing forward and throwing away and adding to and like, you know, cursing and having really good days. And I would have moments where I'm like, exercising the throat chakra is important in the process. <laughs> I would literally send Sharita a text message and I would say, oh my God, this is the most amazing fucking book I've ever wrote. And then two days later, I'd be like, this is pure shit. Don't let anybody read this book. I am never putting this out. <laughs> and Sharita would just say to me, Stop editing, keep writing. Just keep writing. Yeah, that is one of the most important processes of writing is, is that we tend to, especially because we are like kind of geeky that way, you know, we, and, and we're, we do it all this kind of a deeper analysis in, in, in life. And obviously I'm doing it through numbers and planets and you do it through understanding. <coughs> excuse me, kind of like understanding the math of a home, you know, is basically what you do um, and what that language is. Uh, but, um, oh my God, I just like lost my entire train of thought with that. Yes, it wasn't important, but I think. No, it, 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 but, 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 but it was. Uh, it'll come to you in a minute. The, the come, reason that come. I wanted to circulate back. It'll come back to you. <laughs> But the reason that I wanted to do this show today is, um, yes, I want to talk about the book and, and yes, I want to, you know, let people know how amazing it is and, and that everybody should buy a copy. But the, joking aside, the mm. important thing is, is that the power of intention and setting a clear path, one, it doesn't happen overnight. Our world has led us to believe that everything is about instant gratification and how this person mm. has already done it. And this person has done it eight times and I have, I'm 40 and I haven't done it yet. And all that bullshit it's there's about no comparison to other people that's that's the that is the worst thing we've been conditioned to do is comparing our experiences to others when they're not the same and they can't be well, because that, that takes that away your individuality right there that is just canceling clearing deleting your individuality and yeah. that's just part of being part of a system that's not who we're we didn't come here we didn't sign up for that no, we came here. Maybe some people did. We didn't. We didn't. No, we came yeah. here to create and to create our own experiences. But we've been led to believe that, you know, we have to pick A, B or C and we've got to fit into that box. And, and I talk about that. No, nope. 
comparison is the thief of joy. But the point of this is, is that whatever you are working on in your journey of life right now, whether it's a book, a course, maybe you're putting together a plan for a school trip, whatever it is, a vacation, that nothing is to be rushed. Everything is to, to come about in unfoldment in divine timing. And I'm right. going to leave everybody with this. There's this beautiful story by Esther Hicks. Um, you can find it on YouTube and it's called Manifesting Lions. Um, and, and whenever I get to the point to where I'm like, I feel like I'm rushing or something hasn't come out, I, I take a step back and I say, okay, it's time to manifest my lions. And what she did is she's got this home, I think it's in Texas. And she decided that she wanted to get two lions at the entrance of this home. And um, she started formulating in her mind, like, I really would like them to look like this. I would like them to be on pedestals. I would like you know, them to have things in their mouth. And she looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and she couldn't find these lions. And so, but meanwhile, she kept you know, looking on the internet and then she would say, oh no, I don't want them to have a thing in their mouth. I want them to have a ring in their mouth. And so this process unfolded for two years. So what happened is, is in her mind's eye, she was creating a mental picture and visualizing what she wanted her lions to look like. Well, then she goes on a trip to Europe Lo and behold, she finds exactly what she had drawn up over the course of two years. She had manifested her lions. Fast forward to the day that they're being installed. She can't get over it. She is so overjoyed. Like literally her heart energy is bursting because there's so much joy coming out of her. And she realizes that it's because she manifested the perfect lion. It's literally her, her dream come true. The guy, yeah. as he's installing them, says, oh, you've got this great place in your yard over here. We could do something else. What would you like? And she goes, well, I've always thought about maybe doing some horses. And he goes, oh, I have, I have the perfect thing. So a month later, he shows up and he puts this horse in her yard and she hates it. So she goes into her channeling space and she's like, Abraham, I can't get over how beautiful these lions are. Why let's up with the horse <laughs> why don't i like the horse and he goes you spent two years in creation mode of, of creating this beautiful energy around something that you wanted in your life he said the horse just showed up you didn't put any energy. yeah you didn't throw any energy. you you didn't ask for the horse you didn't have any into yeah yeah but that's such a beautiful example of how we go through life of we put no intention or purpose into things we just decide on a whim oh i want that or i think i like that and we throw nothing into it you put it nothing really, into it we don't get any joy or, or anything and so we look for the next shiny object and the next shiny object and the next shiny mm -hmm. object yeah another really, part of the culture we don't just manifest not work in the way it should we're so not this, manifesting that way at all and so this no. book has literally been manifesting my lions and it's been seven and a half years for seven years of doing that and i'm and and it's fantastic yeah so anybody who's and you put this now you you had put this on a vision board am i correct mm -hmm. at some point yeah because i was just when you were telling this the esther story uh vision that's why vision boards are so important to work with in our life and, and I've been do doing them for many years. And I, I did one back in 14 myself. And I had gotten my car the, like a year or two before that. And one of the things I've always wanted to do my entire life is, is go cross country. 
So I had the, the, you know, I had the driver's, you know, the owner's manual of the car it has all the nice pictures of it. So there's a picture of exact color of my car. So that car went on the vision board with goes to California and the whole nine yards. And then I had the whole thing of uh, this is prior to me meeting my partner who is, you know, has since left the planet, but still with us in spirit that I had on there in love in Paris. I had all these traveling things I was going to do. And lo and behold, by 2019, all that stuff had happened that was on this vision board. And, and you go back and you look at it and you go, you're like, I did, I, I, I put my energy into this and I really, really, really wanted it. And, and I just, but I didn't focus on it 24 seven. It's like Esther says that all the time. And if you guys, you know, ever get into law of attraction work with, with Esther Hicks, um, it's fantastic because, um, she gets it. She's one of the best people I think to, to, to learn about that from, because she teaches you about, the importance of what you visualize, what you want, what you're going to allow and how to get that, you know, your mojo going in, in that capacity. But the thing is, you can't sit and focus on it constantly. You do have to let the universe. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, you, 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 you give it the notion and good intention and then let the universe help you figure it out. That's why I always say with anything in your life, if you are worried, work with the practice of shifting it to concern because then you're telling the universe, okay, yeah, you know what? I got this situation. It doesn't really resonate with me. The universe will conspire through the energy of concern, but it will only give you more of what to worry about. If that's the hamster wheel that you're going to stay in. So that's like, you know, but I think the, the important thing of this work is that this right here is the purpose of why we are here. We're not here to accumulate. We're here to create. So the point yes. is to Thank you. be able to utilize. That, that needs to be like branded on people's foreheads. That, that, that needs to be like a, the new catchphrase. We're not here to accumulate. We're here to create beautiful, yeah. beautiful words. So yeah. I, I think that that's, and, and that's kind of the point of this book. So I'm hoping that for those that are listening today, if there's something that you're trying to manifest in your life, you know, it's, it's a process of creation. And, and that's, that's the point. It's, it's, for you to, to really marinate and to cultivate your chi and, and the process of unfoldment and, and really creating something beautiful, not rushed and stressed. And, you know, it's the difference between a bespoke piece of furniture versus Ikea. Like, which one do you want to build? Which one do you want to hang on to? You know, if you want to build mm-hmm. something to last, it, it has to be something that's cultivated and marinated on. So I hope that everybody likes the show today. Um, the, the big thing was, is that I, I just wanted to make sure that people really understood, you know, uh, the purpose and, and the beingness of, of getting back into our heart space. And if you really want to learn how to do this, the, the book is what this is all about is, is it's a totally different um, aspect and approach to feng shui. If you follow the podcast, you're very familiar with my work. If you follow YouTube, you're very familiar with my work. I am not kitschy. I don't like, you know, the A plus B feng shui. I, I'm a Scorpio. I want to get to the truth and the root of the matter. I want to go to the depths of your soul. Um, I want to flesh yes. this out. Um, and so if you're ready and, and, and willing to, to really go there and to get weird and have your own, uh, Woodstock, as I say, in the chapter with Barbara, this is the book for you, 
But, you know, things like this, I definitely could not have done it without Sharita. Sharita has been with me all, every freaking step of the way. Um, and I would never have been able to birth this the way that it has been birthed and, and been able to um, really get the chi correct without her help. And, and that was another thing that I really wanted to do this show about today is, is just your expertise and your brilliance of really getting that energy right and understanding why it matters. Um, so thank you for that, because this is my legacy book. If I die tomorrow, this is what I gift to humanity and to the world to make it better. And so none of that could have been done without you. So thank you. Well, thank you as always, and congratulations once again. I um, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna circle back in a year and uh, see what's happened. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sharita, for saying yes to this and giving us your time today. If you have any questions Absolutely. or comments, be sure to reach out to us. Uh, we lo always love to uh, hear responses from people, and if there's any way that we can help you. Um, I will have Sharita's information in the show notes so that you can find her. If you are launching something, if you are writing a book, a course, any type of program whatsoever, make sure that you reach out to her uh, and get her involved in your process to ensure that the timing is correct, the name is correct, and the vibration is correct. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sharita.